0: Welcome to Grace Capital Church podcast, broadcasting from our Pembroke campus. Thank you, Mike and Victoria, for encouraging uh, us—that encouraging us in an a aspect of a heart of generosity and giving. And for us as a church, we do realize that we're being called to uh, reach the needs of our community, not just to care for this building. Actually, my my heart, I won't tell you my heart on this. It's, it's great to have a building to meet in, and it's a real blessing, but it's also a burden, quite frankly. It's expensive, and um, I want the majority of our funds to go outside this building. It is great that we can provide a service for each one of us, but if all we do is just keep coming on Sunday and consuming Um, Whatever it is to be consumed and we're not changed and transformed to go out and change our world We we have missed something And uh, so I want to continue to stir you on why do churches talk about money? Well, jesus talked about money an awful lot And he realizes there's a direct link between our money and our heart and actually this is not what i'm about to talk to you about But I I really feel like this encouraging Thing, to continue to spur you on into good works and to giving so we can. Honestly, let's just take care of this building and so we can then really shift our emphasis to um, to outside. And that's what I want to talk to you just briefly about. A few announcements, and it's not one for me to give you announcements to start a message, and, and thank you for watching online. For those of you who are watching online, you can scream in your home and nobody will hear you, but uh, we're with you. We do have a foster care crisis in our state of New Hampshire. It is connected to the opioid uh, crisis. It's also connected to the breakdown of families. And um, this Tuesday at 6:30 p.m. here at Grace Capital Church, we are having a person from Bethany Christian Services come and talk to us about this because. This crisis is so large. They have no places for these kids who are being taken away from these situations that are deplorable. And like we talked about last week of All Nation Sunday, how many people enjoyed All Nation Sunday? Oh, my word. And Zatoni, I think you're here somewhere. Yes, you are right there, Zatoni. You, you, you knocked it out of the park. Thank you so much for sharing what was on your heart. But she really encouraged us that this was this was the church's responsibility. You know, in James, it talks about what true religion is. It's to care for the orphans, the widows. And, uh, and in many ways, that is true. And the brother of Jesus told us that. And so we've got to move beyond just putting all of our energy and effort into Sunday morning or whenever we do services And we realize that we have to get outside these walls. The other interesting thing was uh, I was at. uh, By the way, our very own Jesse Maury is now Jesse Locker. We she got married yesterday. I had the privilege of officiating that wedding, and and, uh, I got a little choked up. I felt like I was giving away one one of my own girls. She's awesome. We love Jessie, and she's just a real amazing part of this team and this church. But one of her bridesmaids was telling um, me about how she got a job at Starbucks. And remember when Starbucks closed for um, half a day last week or two weeks ago because they wanted to rectify that that they were not being tolerant enough of people, and so they wanted to they wanted to have a training. And so this girl was recounting this training that she has, and she said, "I was put in a circle and in a group, and we had to talk about our feelings and how do we like." And she goes talking about having to learn how to be around different people, she has, says, as people shared there who they were, she says, I had an atheist, I had a transgender, I had a Satanist, and hear me, a missionary, she was a missionary, working at Starbucks and, um, and somebody else, and then they were talking about where, where do you feel uh, the, the kind of almost safest place for you to be? And where do you feel like um, yeah I guess the safest way I don't really know what the term was but, but 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 they all said that they felt the best when they were in a dark room isolated by themselves away from people and I said you know isn't that isn't that the trick of the enemy That people who are so far from God, the enemy has actually done everything he can to separate them. And so they keep them lost and in the dark. And yet where there's life and hope and peace and joy, it's in the family of God. And God is wanting us to reach the people who are in the dark. And that is what I'm going to talk about today Is the family of God. Heart and home, we've talked about our immediate family and we've talked about, um, you know, how do we, husbands, wives, kids, but then today I'm going to be talking about the family of God. But before we go there, I, I want to know that this world that we live in today is so upside down. The Bible tells us that we need to pray for our officials, but I have to say I'm disappointed in our governor. On Friday, he signed two bills. One bill was a therapy ban bill that basically would prevent any licensed therapist for, for helping their people who have an identity, sexual identity confusion. That therapist can no longer take the lead on helping them through that process. The other bill that our governor has signed is the bathroom bill, which should concern you. Because any man who feels like they want to be a woman that particular day can go to any woman's locker room, bathroom, and they are protected now under law. You see, our society now is flipped upside down. What is wrong is right, and what's right is wrong, and we are so lost as a society. And then the enemy goes and places people in greater darkness and influences their mind and gives them, the Bible says, an abased mind, which means they can't think clearly. And that is why when we hear the Lord whispering to our ear and says, I've just opened up heaven for you. It's not for us just to bask in heaven, it's for us to be equipped to go into this dark world. That would be a great time for an amen. getting to this message, and I keep saying before because there's just a few things that I need to talk about. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, it says, Now concerning the times and the seasons, brothers and sisters, you have no need to have anything written to you, for you yourselves are fully aware that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in a night. Can you say thief in the night? <laughs> thief in the night. While people are saying there is Peace and security, and and isn't it interesting that our president is going to be meeting with North Korea's leader, Kim Kim Jong Un, and and they're going to talk peace. The economy is thriving. We're talking peace around here, and everything is upside down. And could it be these are the signs of the times? Then sudden destruction will come upon them as labor pains come upon a pregnant woman. Any pregnant? you decide. I'm choose when my labor pains come. Now all of a sudden, oh, where it is, right? It just comes. Well, I'm not a woman. I don't really know how it is, but I can just imagine. But verse four of chapter five, first Thessalonians says, but you are not in darkness, brothers, for the day of surprise, like a thief. You're not surprised by it, for you are all children of light, children of the day. We are not of the night nor of the darkness. So then let us not sleep as others do, but let us keep awake and be sober. For those who sleep at night and those who get drunk and are drunk at night, but since we we know we belong to the day, let us be sober, having put on the breastplate of faith and love and for the helmet of hope of salvation. For God has not destined us for wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ who died for us. So that whether we are awake or asleep, that we might live with him. Therefore, encourage one another, build one each other up, just as you are doing. I love that passion of scripture. One, it calls us children, family of God, we are. Number two, it says, We are not of the dark, we are of the light. And that means we need to live as people of the light. We need to be aware of the times. I love this other verse here in Matthew. It says, talking about the end times, it says, And then we'll be giving in marriage, like Noah's day. And I was thinking, I was just out of marriage yesterday, and yet here we are, we're getting a word. The Lord is saying, I've just opened something up. I'm just, this is a new season. And isn't it interesting that life can just seem like everything's going on like normal. We're having a marriage. We have peace talks going on in the world. But yet, we probably live in such a a dark, dark time. And there's such hopelessness. We have family structures that are breaking down. We have hopelessness that is evidenced in the opioid crisis. We have all of these issues. And yet, here God calls us to be the family of God. Building each other up, encouraging each other, but to live as children of the light, not of the darkness. I want you to ask yourselves, what does that mean for me? If Jesus is coming, back soon, which I believe he is. There is an end time revival that is going to break loose. And I believe as Sam from India shared with us, what took place in New England so many years ago will take place again. There will be a great revival that will spring from this, but a revival happens this. See, it first starts with a renewal of the heart, the heart of you and I. That our hearts, what we just experienced right here is we came before the Lord into his presence and we will contend for his presence on Sunday. I love our gatherings because it's about, hey, let's keep hearing the word of God this washing over us. And we come and worship him. It's about him. It's about Jesus. And we get into his presence and that renews our heart. And then as it renews our heart, it pushes us outside the walls to share Jesus with We're filled with the Spirit who gives us boldness to preach to other people. Not preach per se, but share the Word of God with others. To share what Jesus has done in your life. By the way, you want to know how to preach the gospel? Share your testimony. Share your story, right? This is who I was before Jesus found me and this is who I am because of Jesus. Pretty simple. Everybody could do that. And they're going to say, well, how do I know this Jesus? And I'm just like, let me introduce you to him. It's not, you don't have to know the four spiritual laws and you don't have to know the sinner's prayer. You just have to say, do you want Jesus, the Lord of your life? Yes. Then stop doing what you are doing. That's what repentance is. Turn fully around, go the opposite direction. It's going to be pretty easy to go the opposite direction where all of a sudden all their guilt and shame is gone, Right? And by the way, if they have a physical ailment, they say, you know what? I believe in a Jesus who can bring healing to you and you pray for him and they're healed and it's like all of a sudden your office is on fire, right? Yes. Come on. Just do it. don't do it on your boss's time, okay? He's going to get angry with that. Do it at lunch hour, break time. But the family of God needs to understand that as a I was going, "Renewal, revival. Revival is when there's vast numbers of people who are coming to Christ, but it first starts with renewal. See, the spirit of God just doesn't all of a sudden, And then people's like, "Jesus is, I don't want to follow Jesus." He uses Christ' followers renews their heart, and they get to share who Christ is to other people. And then they start to come in droves. And that is revival. And then after revival comes an awakening, which this country needs an awakening. The state of New Hampshire needs an awakening. And that's when culture changes. And that's where we begin to make different laws in our legislation. And I'm so encouraged that some of you guys here, and one in particular, and I'm not going point them out now, but they're running for our state legislator because they believe that the spirit of God needs to be in all sectors of our society. And I'm so encouraged by that. We're children of the light, not of the darkness. That means we need to be intentional about living. We're in the world, but not of the world. Do you understand what that means that we're in the world, but not of it. In other words, we actually have to function in this world, right? But we don't take on the spirit of the world, which will lead to destruction and death. Instead, we live under Christ's authority, under the authority of his word, which brings hope, peace, life, joy. I like those too. In Matthew chapter 12, Jesus is ministering to some people and somebody comes up to him and he says, hey, hey, Jesus, your, your mother and brothers are outside and they need to speak to you. This is Matthew chapter 12, verse 46. And I love Jesus. When, when somebody says, you know, ask Jesus a question, he always like asks a question back. Or they make a statement, Jesus asks a question, it's like, uh, he's masterful of that. And so they said to your brothers and sisters outside, they need you, Jesus. And Jesus says, who is my mother and who are my brothers? He asks a question in return. And stretching out his hand, it says, toward his disciples, he said, here are my mother and my brothers, for whoever does the will of the Father in heaven is my brother, and sister, and mother. Part and home, talking about family. We realize that if you are a part of Grace Capital Church, you are part of this family of God. Now, our family is a little bit of a unique family, just like the next church down the road is a family of God, and they're a unique family. They, they carry an essence about them. They have an assignment as their family, and God has uniquely positioned us to be a unique family, and we need to be proud of this family that God is. But the church down the street's not a competition. our competition. There are brothers and sisters in a different family, all part of the family of God. Let me put it this way in a different tribe. That's a better way of putting it. All part of the family of God. We have the church town, Manchester Christian's going to be uh, meeting at the uh, at Conquer Christian School, and people are coming up to me, it's like, hey, are you worried that that, that big church from Manchester I'm going to conquer, are you worried? It's like, no. <laughs> Why should I be worried? I, I don't know, are you afraid some of your people might go? It's like, if God's calling them to go, then they should go. But I'm not afraid, because the way. We need more churches in Concord. We need more... Bible believing, God fearing people in Concord. Come on! <laughs> now, if people start going around, shopping around, all right, well, I would encourage those people, get settled, find the family that you're supposed to be part of, and dig in and commit to that family and realize that God has a purpose for us at Grace Capital Church. But I think it's really important to understand that, that when we start talking about the a family of God, brothers and sisters, you can look at somebody next to you and call them your brother or sister. It's fine. Go ahead right now. And if they truly are your mother or brother or sister, well, and we're talking about spiritual things here. You, they are your spiritual. It's funny back in the day, everybody used to call like back in the, uh, uh the renewal times or the charismatic renewal. There was Everybody got into this lingo of calling everybody, hey, brother so-and-so, hey, sister so-and-so. We don't need to do that, by the way. I think that's a little weird. But but the reality is we are spiritual brothers and sisters, mothers and fathers. And because of that, we have a responsibility one to another. And that's the point I want to make. As we pursue what God has called us to, to reach out into the dark places. I really believe that God, the season that God is calling us is to reach the lost, care for the least. Remember who Jesus said, who are the least of these when you gave me a cup of water, when you visited me in the prison. When you did these things, you you did it to me. You did it as much as you did to the least of these. You've done it unto me, meaning Jesus is saying, you've served me. So we go after the lost, we, we care for the least, and then we disciple the found. Each one of us here, if you know Jesus Christ, have been found, and we must disciple, and we must build each other up. We must grow because the need out there is so great. But I would like us to, for you to consider. That if you are just coming here on Sunday to hear a great message and be a part of great worship, you are not contributing to the family of God that he wants you to. And I want to encourage you. Maybe you didn't even know that. Maybe you weren't even aware that that you're viewed that way. And you are part of this family. And that means that you've got to engage with family life. That means you've got to serve on a Sunday morning. That means you want to give. That means you want to say, I need to grow. If you're feeling stagnant in your relationship, then plug into a small group. Well, not yet. Our small groups are taking a break for summer. (laughs) But it doesn't mean you have to stop meeting. Some groups are still meeting. If you're saying like, I got to get into this family, I got to get into this group somehow, we'll find a way to build those relationships. But in these last days in, in Thessalonians, it talks about that we have to build each other up. We have to encourage one another. So I want each one of us, every week that you come together, during the week, on the group's Facebook page or whatever, would you do something to encourage somebody else to build them up? I love how our church works. I, I, I heard that there was a need of a, of a single mom who had two kids, and she needed a vehicle to be able to get a job. Somebody fo- posted something on Facebook and, and immediately, or I shouldn't say immediately, by today, this somebody else in the body says, I, I have an extra vehicle that they can borrow. And immediately we cared one for another. There was that need. Yeah, clap for that. That's awesome. But that's what family does. That's what family does. This is not an institution. This is not just an organization You know, the pastors do their job And, and we've got the big budgets And we got all these, you know High-confluted people Working after, looking after things And I was just saying could, could we kind of disassemble that a little bit? Can, can we first and foremost say That we're a family of God? There's just some organization That we have to do to keep things running? Yes, we have to care for the finances God has given us well for each other first and foremost. Because if we keep the lights on and we keep the property well maintained and there are hurting people in our body that aren't being cared for, we failed as a church. There's a great scripture that says that we In 1 Corinthians 12, it says, If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. That's why I love this time of healing that we had because that meant there was sickness in the body. And by the way, if you've been sick, there's nothing on you and that's bad. It's just kind of like, hey, from time to time, we have ailments and we need the body to come together. And we're saying, you know, under the lordship of Jesus Christ, our savior and king, our healer, We come together, we pray for one another, and we see the sick healed. Our body continues to get stronger and stronger. But the danger of calling it a family is us few and no more. You know, we kind of like inward if we're too familial we have to say we want to say this is our family but every week we want to add to our family add to our family add to our family that means you need to invite somebody into the family they become family i think you can belong before you believe but i think i want you to believe and belong (laughs) so speaking of that here today, I'm not going to call you out but I want to acknowledge you and you've never given your life to Jesus Christ and yet today you felt something, you felt like stirring in your heart of saying you know what, I believe in God but guess what, the Bible says the demons believe believing alone is not what brings you into the family is accepting that Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior that brings us into the family and gives us this relationship with our Father in Heaven if you are here today and you just say with boldness and you're going to just raise up your hand, I want, it, I want to be, I'm a part of this family of God by giving my life to Jesus today. Would you just slip up your hand? I'm going to look here first. Anybody in this section, slip up your hand. Going once, going twice, we are all family. All right. In this section right here, this is, this is your chance. Get into the family. Anybody here? This is my day to come into the family of God. I think I know most everybody in this section. Yeah, this section right here. Let me slip up their hand. I've never given my life to Jesus Christ or you've wandered away and you need to get back in. Right here. Anybody here? Thank you so much. You can put your hand down. Let's give her a big hand in this section. You know what? I don't even need to pray with you because basically, you've just acknowledged that you want Jesus as the Lord of your life. And I want to let you know, you're part of this family, but you're also part of the family of God. You have the assurance of your salvation because what you've done is says, Jesus, I want you in my life. Please forgive me for my past sin. I know I can't save myself. I need you, Lord Jesus, to save me. And he says, today is your day and all of heaven rejoices today for you. So we celebrate with you. Awesome. Anybody over here saying, "You know what? I'm given my life to Jesus." I fell some today. I need to give my life to Jesus. Anybody here going once? Going twice? All right. So here's the thing, though. There should be many people who don't know Jesus in these walls on every given Sunday. But you know what? I'm not going to bring them here. You are. Because you are desperate that they would become children of the light, not of the darkness. That their assurance of their salvation, that they won't spend eternity in separation from God, they would spend eternity with Him. That they can live today in the light, not in the darkness clouded where they're se- the enemy separating them and giving them a feeling of hopelessness and, and desperation. But in the family of God, there is joy, there is peace, there is freedom, there is life. Amen. So today I wanted to sum it up by saying this, the world is crazy. The world is dark. It's upside down. But the window of heaven is opened up for us. Church and who I believe for anybody else who says, Jesus I want to respond to what your spirit is saying. It's a new day that the light is going to overcome the darkness. But it's going to be found by our love for one another. It's not going to be we don't stand up on there and say we start doing hate, hate, hate. No, that's not of God. God is love, right? Instead we say, I love you so much. Let me tell you about this Jesus who has a great plan for your life. Would you bring somebody to church with you next week? Let them experience the presence of God. Let them experience his wholeness, his freedom. Would you rise to your feet? Oh, we're going to sing this last song here, guys. And this take us to the river. If you start feeling like, hey, you know what? I just want excited about God. I, I I'm I'm one it takes a lot for me to bounce up and down because I'm pretty conservative, but if you want to if you want to just kind of you know what? Come forward right now. Just kind of come over here. You want to get into the into the mode of the moment here. That might be a wrong word. Lord, please forgive me if I said something that was offensive to you. But if you want to get in the moment here, please come forward. No, come on right now. You come on. Come in over here. Let's sing the song together. Love you guys.